Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. I'm your host, Dan Hoppen, and I'm really excited to talk about this restaurant today because i I've eaten there several times, and I absolutely love the food, but I still don't know if I even have a great grip on the concept, and, and that's why I'm really excited to talk about it. I When I first started seeing posts on Instagram and Facebook about Corner Kitchen back in March, I was really intrigued because I was seeing pictures of tacos and nachos and chilaquiles, and I was thinking, okay, Omaha's getting another great Mexican restaurant. Awesome. But then the menu released and I see Korean pork tacos and a Nashville chicken burrito and a lote tots. And since then there's been other additions like Dan Dan noodles and loaded mac and cheese. And normally when I see a menu that's trying to do so many different things, it doesn't do any of them really well. It, it isn't focused, but that's not the case at Corner Kitchen. Everything I've had at Corner Kitchen is excellent. So to help me break down the menu today is the chef and owner, Oscar Hernandez. Oscar, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Dan. Thank, uh, thank you for having me here. Yeah, absolutely. This is my pleasure. So I just want to kind of roll out the red carpet for you and explain to me and explain to all the listeners, if somebody hasn't been to Corner Kitchen, like, how would you describe it to them as they come in the doors the uh, first time? So the first time that we had a, this idea to open a, a place, my um, I just want to do a fusion because I know like an Asian and Mexican food has a lot of similarities on the food. So um, I feel like that was my role. Like, I like a lot of egg rolls. I eat a lot of uh, tacos. So I feel like uh, the two cuisines can actually uh, be good together. That's really interesting because I think most just normal diners wouldn't necessarily say that Mexican and Asian flavors are really connected but but you say that there's a lot of through lines between those can you explain that well i feel like i mean uh, a lot of asian cultures or cuisines they use a lot of chilies we use a lot of chilies as a mexicans uh noodles um, not much of the noodles but we 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 use a lot of pork i know uh korean they do a lot of pork or belly uh we do carnitas which we do um a korean uh take on the carnita so um I mean, I cannot think about, like, how we, how, how to explain that, you know, because, I mean, the, the idea just comes to, like, I want to do, like, a Mexican with a lot of fusion street food, and that's what we came up with. I, I think it's brilliant because it's something that I haven't really seen in, in Omaha, and you do an excellent job of marrying those flavors because I, I find 
Not a lot, but some restaurants that try and do fusion, they kind of miss the mark on both cuisines that they're trying to meld because it's it's really hard to do one style of cooking really well, much less two, much less blend them into one. Right. <laughs> so how do how have you guys find the way to kind of walk that fusion tightrope in which you're still honoring both cuisines, but also melding them and making something well, new? I feel like you got to know a little bit of... Uh, both uh, cuisines, which, I mean, um, I do Mexican uh, food, but, I mean, um, I'm not trying to do, like, traditional Mexican food. As I mean, there's a lot of good places in Omaha that they do a lot of good tacos, a lot of tamales, or whatever you want to eat, you right? Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about certified Piedmontese. I don't know about you, dear listener, but I like to know where my food comes from. I love when restaurant menus list all the different producers and farms where their meats, cheeses, and vegetables arrive from. It gives me confidence that I'm eating a quality product because the restaurant is proud to attach its name to the brand. The same goes for beef, and that's one of the main reasons why I love certified Piedmontese. Certified Piedmontese is farm-to-fork traceable as it purchases its cattle from a trusted network of family ranches in the Midwest. All certified Piedmontese beef is raised without hormones, steroids, or antibiotics, and it's 100% source verified by Where Food Comes From Incorporated. And when you buy certified Piedmontese, you know where your food is coming from and why it tastes so good. Place your order today on Piedmontese.com with my promo code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, and feast on delicious, safe cuts of beef with confidence. And now, back to my guest. So, I, I want to get um, back, we'll get more into your background and, and the birth of Corner Kitchen and everything, but you've made a career working in restaurants and opening restaurants, operating restaurants for other people. What was it like for you to finally have your own thing where you get to create the menu, you get to create the concept, you get to create the space? What was that like for you? Well, that was, I think that that's, a cook always want to do their own thing, right? So that was a little scary at first, but uh, I mean, I, I'm not really sure I've got the experience to open my own place or, you know what I'm saying? But I mean, that was just like, I got to do it. I got to try it. I mean, at least you got to say that you try it. Right. So um, I had this idea probably like maybe... A couple years ago, talked to my wife, and she said, "Like, yeah, maybe the whenever the we got the right uh, time or whatever that that comes." I was like, "Okay," but I feel like there is no right time for the uh, restaurant uh, as a, a business like this here. So I just decided, like, maybe like a, a month. I was like, "Yeah, you know what? I'm just gonna try what I what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna try to do my own thing," and then. Uh, Talk to the the owners of the other places, and uh, them, and then in their uh, corner kitchen, kind of just come up to life. Right. Yep. Now you mentioned you know you've had this concept kind of in your head for a couple years, and you're obviously a very creative chef. Just based off what is on this menu, I imagine you've had like thousands of ideas for menu items in your head over the last couple of years as you're building the menu for the first time how do you pare that down and decide oh. hey these are the the 20 things i really want to highlight well let me tell you so uh i didn't have a, any items on my head like because i mean i had like hundreds of items that i want to put on the menu right but i mean i was like also have to um 
get what people want, what people is going to expect out of a Mexican food uh, as a street food. Um, I wanted to do the lote, which being Nebraska, I think that's something that you need to be there. We like, like our corn, right there, yeah. Right? So uh, I came up with the, the lote, well, or lote tots that we have, which is just a lote, like a street food that we have in Mexico. So basically just mayo with lime, chili powder, and the sweetness of the corn. Absolutely right? delicious. And those tots are so crispy. So, yeah, and then uh, this lady uh, from the farm, Miller Dorman Farm. Yeah, Miller Dorman Farm. So I know this lady, and I asked her, hey, do you have any masa? Because I know she used, I mean, she actually do um, makes the masa. And I was like, I want to try something to do. And then uh, the Lotte Bites came. I was like, let's make those. <laughs> and I wanted to do was a vegan option because uh, I said, like, hey, I saw the vegan cheese. I was like, let, let's take that cheese and see what we can do. And and uh, actually, they were, I mean, I like them. I mean, I love the the, the things that we, we're doing right now with those. Yeah. yeah. So for anyone who hasn't had the elote bites, they are balls of masa that are right. fried and just cheese and corn. Like, you cut into these and it just, like, erupts. With cheese and corn. It is so gooey. It is so decadent. It is so delicious. Well, let me tell you. So, um, I know we use mozzarella on pretty much on all the cheese that we do, on the quesadillas and everything. So, I think we use mozzarella because it's the same way they use, they used to make or they make the Oaxaca cheese. Okay. So, there's like, they do the same process. The, I feel like they have almost the same taste. So that's what we kind of use the cheese into that. Because I think someone asked me, well, what do you use mozzarella instead of like a Mexican cheese, like a ranchero cheese or some uh, another kind of cheese? And, uh, and I think that's, that's why I kind of try to combine everything together, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, the elote bites are one example of one of the specials that you run. You guys run several specials throughout the week. And, I mean, it's, it's been stuff all over. The, like you did sushi recently you've done you've done different tortas you you i mean it's if it's like a food it it might be on the menu at corner kitchen how do you come up with those specials i'm not not really sure i mean uh uh, i talked to my uh my brother because uh he's co-owner and we talk about the menu what we're gonna do this week and then like uh we got shrimp okay and i told him like hey it's kind of hard so i like sushi and i don't know if you know like that what chili is Mm -hmm. so that what chili uh, the ceviche, it's uh, really fresh, really spicy. Also, uh, I mean, the sushi, whenever you, I go to sushi, I just like to uh, get the spicy uh, sushi roll that I can get. And I was like, yeah, we can make something like that. What do you think about that? And like, boom. I don't know. There are some ideas that I got in my mind that, in my mind that I don't think that actually make sense until I put them on the plate, I guess. <laughs> so how, how does that process work? Like you say so you have something in your mind and it doesn't make sense, but then it eventually ends up on the plate and it does make sense and it's delicious. Well, what, what's that process? Right, because, I mean, it's like, a, like a, we're just watching a movie with my wife and she's like, uh, so what do you think? Yeah, I think we, we can just do a... A masa, fried masa with uh, with some beans and and uh, black bean or hoisin sauce and all that, and it, it's gonna work. She's like, oh, you didn't you didn't even watch the movie? Like, no, sorry, I was just watching. You know, like trying to think what we can do or how we can actually uh, blend the the two uh, the two uh, cuisines into a plate. I guess. 
So your brain is just constantly, the motors are constantly going. You're constantly thinking about new concepts, new dishes. Yeah, that's probably why we have too many specials. <laughs> we got to stop that and I'm probably just going to be doing weekly specials because, I mean, gotcha. people like them and you know. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. It keeps, I think it keeps things fresh and it keeps it interesting for you too because you're constantly in the creation process of coming right. up with new dishes, which is something fun and interesting. So on Sundays, you guys do brunch. We do brunch because we like to go to brunch. Yes. Okay, when we off, uh, we go to brunch or, you know, like any day that, uh, uh, that I'm off, uh, rather to go eat uh, to a place instead of just cooking to my, into my, my house. Because, I mean, it's, I don't know, we just want to use... Uh, taste, uh, know what another people's doing, and I mean, I love to support every any local business though. Right. Yeah. I I just I find it interesting because a lot of the chefs and cooks that I've talked to absolutely hate brunch <laughs> because they because they work all <laughs> they work all week. Usually Friday and Saturdays are the busiest days of the week, especially at night. They're getting slammed. The last thing they want to do after a Saturday night is turn around, get back in, and do brunch the next morning. But you guys do it, and you do it really well. What what was the thinking behind, other than I really like brunch, I want to provide that, what was the thinking behind adding brunch to the to the, to menu? the menu? So there was a lot of people that were asking my wife, like, are you guys doing any breakfast? Because uh, we initially we opened night at 3 for like a month. Because I was still working at the other job. So when I left, uh, we changed the hours and everything. So um, really, really, I said, like, we need a day off. So can we just do brunch on Sundays and take the night off? That's being honest. That, that was me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you you said you love brunch. Like, that's, that's the meal that you like to right. enjoy when you go out. So how fun... W- for was it for you to create a like your own brunch menu? Oh, the brunch menu. Uh, you know, I I think I have on the menu what I like on the on the brunch menu. So I think it was pretty easy. It was something just fun to just try to see if people's gonna like that. And you know, we probably gonna be changing the menu maybe every season, every three months. So yep, just keep looking into Facebook. You strike me as a guy, you are just so creative. You constantly want to to tinker and keep adding. Like, you're not the type of guy who's just going to make a menu and then it just stays the same for a year. You're going to, you're like, it is constantly in, I don't know if in flux is the right word, but but you're always looking for ways to improve, new ways to delight customers. Is that, do I have the right sense? I, I feel like, yeah, that's what we're trying to do. I mean, try to be... Um, I'm trying to be innovative because I mean, just trying to do uh, something new every every day. Like I mean, you know, like I feel like that's something that we oh, we need. I guess you're hitting the mark on the head there. How did you get into cooking originally? So one of my friends in high school asked me, "Hey, you want to uh, help us at the pizzeria?" I don't know if uh, can I say the name of the yeah, pizzeria. Yeah. So when I was 18. Uh, work at Seals Pizza downtown. The the old Seals Pizza, the one it's used to be at, now it's Eat the Worm. Mm-hmm. So that's why. I mean, I started going there. I uh, kind of like that uh, experience to, I don't know, like the hate and love hours. And you know what I'm saying? Uh, 
After that, I, I took a trip to Mexico when I was like 22, maybe. And uh, I came back and I just told my parents, like, I'm going to go to cooking school here in, in Omaha. And it, it started going to cooking school because I, I don't know, I just like to actually cook or, you know, I feel like that was why. What was what was it about that trip to Mexico? What happened there that well, made you decide you wanted to cook? Because, I mean, in Mexico, that's what, we, that's what we're trying to do, too, like... I feel like Mexico is just street food, right? And uh, I want to interpret street food on my own way, I, I guess. And I saw that, like, I mean, you can make something really good with a minimal uh, ingredients, mm-hmm. like the lote bites. I mean, there's only two ingredients, basically, corn, uh, cheese, blah, right there. And... Uh, I think that's, I don't know, like, just like to see people happy whenever you got a dish, like, like, enjoy to get a bite, uh, and that kind of, that makes me keep going to make more stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, clearly you, you experienced the thrill of making customers happy, but, like, what was... What was that point where then, it, where it moved past like okay I, I have a job at Zio's this is a way to make money to no I want this to be my career well, I'm, I want to go to cooking school right at that point I was taking just classes uh, in Bellevue University and uh, didn't like you know like those kind of jobs I mean at least I, I don't know uh, that was me right because I like those hours. Um, maybe four to midnight and go back to whatever 11 and then prepare for that. Like I said, I mean, it's like a hate and love kind of, kind of job. So probably that's my, my personality. Okay. Um, now I know you did cooking school at Metro. Yeah. Um, and while you were there, you were working at M's Pub, and I believe you ascended all the way to be sous chef at M's Pub while you were still in school. Right. I could barely, when I was in college, I could barely keep my head above water with a part-time job at the school newspaper. Like, how did you pull that off, sous chef and still being in culinary school at once? That was a lot of hours. Yeah, believe me. Um, not really sure. I started working at, I don't, I don't know if you remember this place, the they were next to it, uh, Vibaches. Mm-hmm. So I started working there with uh, as a cook. And then uh, when I moved to M's Pub, they, they just they want me to promote me or they want me to take uh, the sous chef position at M's Pub. Um, which, I mean, that was, for me, it was kind of great. Yeah, that's you know, a like significant move. I was in school and all that. Uh, and uh, I, I think I learned a lot from these guys that I work or, uh, I don't know, that, that's it. And after that, I just was looking for uh, another places to learn more. And that's how I was keeping moving into the this kitchen life. And that's something I find really interesting at your career is that you have worked at a litany of well-known Omaha restaurants from, like we just mentioned, M's Pub, 801 Chop House, uh, Pig and Finch, The Market House. And I, I find it interesting because some cooks kind of find a restaurant, get comfortable cooking that cuisine, and just stay there and don't really move around a whole lot. Or maybe they'll go to a restaurant in a similar cuisine. And others, they change jobs a lot. They're constantly right. looking for a new challenge. They're looking to learn new skills, learn different things. And obviously, you took the latter path. You were somebody who 
was constantly looking for something new. Was that intentional on your part? Like, did you think about that, that mm. I, I want to try a bunch of different stuff, or did it just kind of no, happen that way? No, it kind of happened. Uh, and I feel like uh, I work with the really good chefs here in Omaha. Um, that just happened. I mean, they, they start asking me, when I'm come to work over here, uh, give it a try. And then the same thing, start going to another place and, you know, I, I think that's that's what happened. When you look back at your career now, can you see like how all these little touch points at these different restaurants kind of shaped you a little bit in yeah, some yeah. way into the chef that right. you are now? Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, you uh, oh, I, I learned a uh, little. I mean, I learned little things about another people that I was working with. So yeah, I feel like that, that kind of helped me to be the cook that I am right now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I really want to ask you about one of those experiences in particular, and that was working at the market house, which unfortunately burned down, but it was a legendary project, especially when you look back now, the chefs that were working there, Matt Mosier, who owns Sternella, uh, Ben Maids, who owns Au Courant, uh, you had Chase Thompson, who now owns Saddle Creek Breakfast Club, you had Nick Bartholomew, who owns Over Easy, and, uh, Dandelion pop up. I mean, and and yourself, you've got five people right there in one kitchen, <laughs> in one establishment that now own restaurants. A few years later, what was it like working there with all those talented people? You know, uh, it was pretty fun. It was a uh, uh, really. Uh, I mean, we learned a lot from that place. I mean, at least I did. Um, I don't know. It was too short. You know, to, to I mean. Well, the, the, the day that it was burning down, uh, was going to to the place, and uh, the chef called me like, hey, just come to sushi, the Blue Sushi. Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, a few years ago, I mean, the Market House was a great restaurant in it downtown was, Omaha, yeah. and then there was an explosion and a fire that took it down and, and destroyed it. Yeah. Uh, take me, like... Back before the fire, like, just what was it like being in that kitchen with all those different guys, all that talent in there? Well, uh, the uh, just I knew uh, Mosher because I worked for him before, and um, but I mean Ben, it was very talented guy. He's so I was, I was just watching how do they do, how do they. Uh, come up with things, uh, how do they uh, actually come up with the ideas or the, even the way to cook, you know what I'm saying? Like, a, lot of the, a lot of things, he, uh, Ben was really good at pastas, and I mean, I kind of learned a good, little bit of that. I know Moshe was, uh, he's really good, uh, and Chase, I didn't know him, so that was first time, really cool guy. Um, but I mean, like I said, it was too short, I mm-hmm. think, yeah, to kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think looking at that and hearing you say that you just you love to just watch those guys right and and see the specific things that they were really good at and learn from them and i think that is what has allowed you to have such a wide-ranging menu at corner kitchen where you can have tacos and you can have pasta and you can have a burger because you've worked at a variety of restaurants and you have been very intentional about watching other people and not just focusing on your task but being aware of what's going on around you how much of an impact do you think that has had on your career? Just that that knowledge that I need to be watching other people and and just picking up new stuff all the time. 
that's what uh, I think that's what uh, kind of for my my style of cooking. I don't even know if I got a style of cooking, you know, but uh, yeah, just uh, watching, like you said, I mean, just watching the other people, how do they actually think or cook, even, you know, everything like that uh, makes a lot of difference. Now, I mean, now that I see going back to you, like, what? Yeah. Uh-huh. Did you have any, like, really influential mentors coming up through restaurants or, or any chefs or or just other cooks that you feel like you learned a lot from? Uh, uh, from Omaha? From anywhere. 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 Uh, Omaha, I think everyone that I worked for, there was a really uh, little step-by-step step that I was kind of learning what we... What do they do? So that's what uh, can I do? I really like how David Chang does things. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the kind of food they uh, that I like. Mm-hmm. But I mean, not really, not really. Uh, I mean, I feel like John Ray was really good. Uh, I mean, I, w- I learned a lot of from him from M-Spop, Mosher, uh, and all these people that I've been. I work under uh, this guy that owns the Coneflower. I had one, so really nice guy. So, uh-huh. so I feel like there's a lot of people that I can't even name, you know, the names. Gotcha. Yeah. So you mentioned it was about three years ago that you kind of had the idea for your own concept in, in your mind. How did you move that forward from just thinking, okay, I, I want to have my own place to like, how did you start actually making that a reality? Well, um, I start with the list, the things that I need to have, you know, and I was like, oh, we need like maybe 30 spoons. We need maybe 40 plates. All right. And then I was piling stuff at my house <laughs> in the basement. And my wife was like, what are, what are you doing with this? <laughs> and uh, at some point I had a grill, a flat top in the basement. I was like, I mean, we need a storage or something. And... I feel like, I don't know, uh, oh, not really intentionally was thinking, like, I'm going to open it that, like, next year. But I just had them back in my head. And then I just probably just make it happen. I mean. So you started, like, building the restaurant in your kitchen almost. You right, were accumulating right, right, stuff. There. Yeah, yeah. And uh, after that, I feel like just want to try. I said, like, tell my wife, I'm 35. I'll be 36 next year. So I think I got a little more, a little juice to actually start a business before my 40s, you know, or, or you know, got the feel still, uh-huh. I guess. So I'm sure that this was a really exciting process for you, you know, finally getting to open your own place for right. the first time. But th- I would assume there's some intimidation that, that comes with that too, because when you own the restaurant, like you're the one who has to find the space right. and hire employees right. and buy supplies and pay bills and manage HR yeah. and do all this different stuff. How did you keep your excitement levels about the restaurant high <laughs> and not let all that stuff bog you down with the day off with the day off? <laughs> with the day off. <laughs> uh, like I said, I mean, before, uh, I really like, uh, when people come to the counter and say, Hey, you know, I saw that in Facebook. Will do you, do you have that available? Like, yeah. If if I don't have that, uh, we can make make that happen. Or you know, like we had a a lot of vegans uh, that and I just made the some sort of a small menu for them and uh, try to just accommodate 
what we can do. Mm -hmm. So I probably just try to have that uh, thing how people's gonna react and if it's gonna like and love the the food that we're making. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you guys opened for the first time on April 11th. Right. So take me back to April 10th. You, the night of April 10th. Like, you know, tomorrow morning's the day. I've been cooking my whole life, but tomorrow I get to open my own restaurant and serve my food to people. What's going through your head at that point? Okay, so the night before, I was like, well, you know the location. So yeah. It's not the best. Uh, and I was like, I'll be happy if I got five customers. That's what I said. I'll be happy if I have five customers. And uh, and because, um, I mean, the place was there, so everything was done. And I was like, damn, I don't know if I'm going to be able to sleep. We got to wake up, uh, go prep, and get everything ready to, to serve. And I don't know, just, I was just nervous to, to open the place and see what actually people was going to show up and, you know. But, I mean, after that, everything has been... Good. What was the reaction that first day? The first day, people go like, oh, you don't have these crunchy tacos? Like, no, we don't have those kind of food. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't make the crunchy tacos. Uh, like, oh, I thought you were like more traditional Mexican food. And, oh, and then we kind of explained the menu and uh, talked to them a little bit more what we're trying to do. And, like, I mean, I heard of the – I don't think there in Omaha there's anything like – the, the food that we're serving right now. Mm -hmm. And that's probably why people are like, oh, wait, what, what, what are you guys doing? Yeah. I would agree with you. I mean, I haven't seen anybody who's doing Mexican, you know, Asian, Asian. fusion. <laughs> I, I think, but it's like you talked about earlier. Like, there's a lot of through lines between those cuisines. Well, I so feel it like, works well. Yeah, because, I mean, we do the matcha, the matcha sauce, which is just like uh, chili oil. And then the Chinese has the chili oil. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I feel like in my head, there's a lot of things that I can we combine and make really good flavors to a certain point, you know? Absolutely. So obviously Corner Kitchen has only been open for a few months, but yeah. I'm assuming a lot has already changed and evolved as it happens with any new restaurant. How have you seen your restaurant evolve even in the short time? Well, that it's only a two months, so I'm trying to see still like what we can uh, change to make it better. Like, I mean, uh, I think that's the most uh, hard thing to do. Like, I mean, keep it uh, uh, fresh, I guess. Um, also, not not trying to be trendy, but I mean, if there's something that we, like, I'm pretty sure to have the carnitas on my, the green carnitas on my head for a long time, which I had them on before on different menus. On different places, I guess. Um, but now, like, yeah, that's well, that's what we're gonna be doing. Like, we're just gonna do a fusion. Uh, I said street food because, like I said before, um, Mexican, Asian food. There's a lot of street food, uh, so that's that's my goal. Mm -hmm. That's what we're trying to do. Well, I think you've done a very good job of being adaptable. I mean, even in this conversation we've talked about when you guys first opened, you were kind of more of a breakfast spot. Yep. And now you're more more lunch and dinner. You you added brunch when you could. You've added menu items, you've added specials. Like you're constantly being reactive 
to what's going on. You're constantly trying new things. How important is that as a restaurant owner to always have an open mind and always be trying different things to see what works? I mean, uh, for as a owner, it's. I mean, for me, it's kind of something new for me. Uh, first time that I own a place, like I said, it's kind of scary. But uh, I don't know. I'm just. I feel like I got the drive to do that I want to do this for a long time. And I wake up trying to do something better or trying to do something new, learn something new, put them on the menu, uh, keep the customer happy. Uh, and after that, I mean, I don't want to see the bills and anything else like that because, I mean, that's when, like, <laughs> oh, right? But, uh, that's not the fun part. That's not the fun part, but, I mean, you got to do it. So let's say a friend came to you this afternoon and he or she said, hey, I'm thinking about opening my own restaurant. What is the number one piece of advice you would give to them? Uh, think that twice. <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh, but I mean, uh, it's it's fine. I mean, if I feel like if you kind of know what you're doing, which I don't <laughs> right now, uh, it, it should be fine. Uh-huh. A little stress, but kind of fun. You figure it out. Yeah, as we go, I guess. Something that I think has allowed you to be really successful, especially with all the changes that you have made in the first few months, is your social media game is really strong. Thank I mean, you. you guys are posting, if not daily, pretty close to daily, whether it's a new special or, hey, we're o- we're opening for new hours or we're adding this menu item. Like, okay. here's a picture of it. Get excited about it. Did you have any kind of a social media like strategy coming into this, or do you just kind of post as you go? Yeah, we just post as we go, I guess. Yeah, we don't have didn't have the, anything like that. I mean, like like I said, I mean, as a new um, owner, didn't have that uh, planned, I guess. Um, but I knew that I mean, social media it's how you, you know, how do you? It's how you things, grow your business, yeah. right? So right now, just trying to do that on Instagram and Facebook and. I don't even have a website right now. All through web, uh, through the social media. You're making it work, man. Yeah, yeah. You're making it work. Um, before we get you out of here, I've got two questions that I like to ask just about everybody who comes on the show. First one is, what is one thing about being in the restaurant industry that you don't think most diners understand that you wish they did understand? Like what do you like? Basically, what is going on behind the scenes that you don't think the average diner knows about being in the restaurant industry? I think the hours. First of all, they don't they don't really know what's what's uh, behind. I mean, like before to, to make a taco, we prep the carnitas like two days before. We brine them and then we uh, confit them and all that. I don't think the Sometimes kind of you get a lot of stress. I don't. I don't even know why into that uh, for the customers. Like waiting on food, waiting on a table. Um, not really sure on the second one. What do they? They don't understand. I feel like there's a lot of people that have been um, as a. They're really. They're they're okay with well. I'm not really sure. I okay. that question yet. No, no, that's good. And we'll get you out of here on a positive note. What is your favorite thing about working in the restaurant industry? The fur, <laughs> the food. Just 
Just the food. Yeah, yeah. Just the food. Yeah, we'll just, just leave it at that. Right. I love it. That I mean, that's why I do this show. I love food too. So there's no better answer than that. Uh, people, I cannot encourage you highly enough to get out to Corner Kitchen. They are doing something that's really special and really just different. You're not going to find it anywhere else in Omaha, at least not right now. The the fusion that you guys have created is something that is very special. It's very unique. And I think it just it just works. So, Oscar Hernandez, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you. All right. And Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.